When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The Minnesota Vikings are pretty much the best team in North American team sports to never win a championship. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North. What's going on, everybody? This is Before We Die. I'm Jesse Pierce. Thor Nystrom, my normal co-host, is out for the day. That's all right. We got Big Ross coming in to fill his uh, big shoes. Ross, uh, let's do this, right? One preseason game and Thor has already (laughs) had enough. He can't take it anymore. The Vikings are not listening to his recommendations. So he's sick of it. Or at least sick of something or sick with something. Sick sick with something. We hope he gets better. Uh, I imagine he will hopefully join us again on Monday. Because again, before we die on Purple Daily and Score North every Monday, every Thursday, we're here. We got your Vikings coverage. Uh, Ross, I checked out my first ever Minnesota Vikings training camp yesterday out at TCO padded practice joint practice with the 49ers um that was fun man like I gotta say that was a good time the NFL does a really good job putting on training camp they really do and I've only attended Minnesota Vikings training camps but I know a lot of people who attend training camps for other people and they will tell you or for other teams The access that you get and what you can see and what you can do, even as a fan, is probably second to none. So I'm glad you got to check that out. That's awesome. Yeah, I get it. Like the energy, the hype was there. I did not wear my purple because, again, the only purple I have is my disappointed since 1961 T-shirt. And I didn't want to bring that energy into camp. I know everyone's still excited, myself included. Uh, But no, it was really cool. I get how having the kids out there and everything, a touch warm little sweaty. Uh, but one person I did run into our buddy Judd, he was out there, him and I got to talk a little hockey and my buddy, Dane Mizutani, who covers the Minnesota wild for the pioneer press and also the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Dane, what's going on? What's up, Jesse? How are you? I'm good. Long time. No see, bud. I know it was great to see you out there yesterday. I know I'm trying, I'm trying to get my bases. I told Dane before we started this, before we die, that he was going to have to be kind of my mentor, my guider, and he hasn't done anything yet. Uh, but we're working on it. We're working. We're working. She doesn't ask. I, have faith. I don't. <laughs> That's true. I, I haven't. I'm working on it. Uh, Dane, you've been out at practice much more than I have. I was talking to our audience that yesterday was my first time. What have you so far seen and what did you even see today in uh, the second joint practice with the 49ers? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's just interesting at this point in training camp, like, everyone is sick of training camp, I think. (laughs) So like, I think the fact that the 49ers coming to town happens at a really good time. Um, 
disregard all the work that they're getting. Obviously, that's really, really good. Like the the works against, you know, the Vikings ones against the Niners ones, the Vikings twos against the Niners twos, whatever. The fact that they're playing a different team, I think benefits both teams right now, because I think in the dog days of training camp, you're sick of each other. You're bored. Like you're not getting in great work every day. So I think before any of this even starts, like it's inherently going to make you better just because you're playing against another team. Now what stood out for me, like from the Vikings over the first couple, I guess not first couple the last couple of days, because they're done with the joint practices now. Yeah. Justin Jefferson's really good and I'm not like breaking <laughs> news here, but like he has, he thoroughly dominated these practices, whether it's seven on sevens with Kirk Cousins, throwing him the ball 11 on 11, you know, full team drills, the, the Niners can't cover him. And I think that's going to be emblematic of the entire season. Like nobody can cover this guy. Um, I think he has said at the beginning of the camp, he wants to be the best receiver in the league. Mm-hmm. It, he's well on his way. And I don't think we needed joint practices to, to see that and understand that he's capable of that. But I think seeing him do it for two straight days against someone else is further proof that like he's going to dominate this year. Um, That's the main thing that stood out today. Or I mean, yesterday, today, both days for me, like uh, the joint practices, like they can be summed up in, in Justin Jefferson is elite. Is it Justin Jefferson thriving under Kevin O'Connell's new offensive scheme? Or what do you think the difference really is? I mean, is he just taking that next step? Because as you mentioned at the beginning of the camp, he was like, I'm going to be the best receiver. I mean, he set that goal and he has that confidence. So you knew he was going to take that next step. But do you think it's the new offensive scheme that he's just thriving under? What's different about him this year? I think so. I think to a degree. Like Mm -hmm. that can be a reason for his ascension this year. If it happens, when it happens, like they're going to use him in a little bit more creative ways than perhaps he was used when, when Mike Zimmer was the coach, when the run game was a huge emphasis of the offense. I'm not like, I don't think it's not going to be an emphasis of the offense this year. Like O'Connell loves to run zone, um, like a zone scheme with Dalvin cook. Like, why wouldn't you want to get him the ball? but they're going to use Justin Jefferson in more creative ways. You're seeing, mm-hmm. you know, jet motions before the play, like ways to get him running before the ball's even snapped so that when he gets the ball in space, he's already at full speed, just little creative nuances like that, that have really started to come into, into play over in the NFL over the past few seasons, past three, four, five seasons. Yeah. I think now that Justin Jefferson's able to be used in that form, like, yeah, it's going to help him. But I also will say, like, I don't think he needed Kevin O'Connell's creative offense to be an elite player. Like, I think if Zimmer was the coach again this year, we'd see another step from Justin Jefferson because he is so good. Um, he's one of the best receivers in the league already. Um, I think he's go- he would have been that regardless of what offense he's playing in. But I do think this offense is going to help. Dane is the happiest person on the team that Justin Jefferson is a freak athletically. Is that Adam Thielen just because in a weird way, it should help extend his career and get him more looks. If Justin Jefferson is drawing doubles and perhaps even triple teams and odd schemes just to slow him down. Adam Thielen will turn 32 before the season starts. He'll actually turn 32 in a matter of days. So I got to imagine maybe nobody says it, but he's got to be really ecstatic that that guy lines up opposite of him. 
I think so, 100%. Like, how could you not be? Like, if you're Adam Thielen, like, five years ago before Justin Jefferson was in the league, I guess he had, he's always kind of had someone else. Like, him and Diggs were best friends, but, like, they mm-hmm. opened it up the field for each other. You couldn't double-team Adam Thielen because Stephon Diggs was on the other end. You couldn't double-team Stephon Diggs because Adam Thielen was on the other end. So I think you, you're on to something, Ross, when you say, like, yeah, this will it help extend Adam Thielen's career? Maybe as far as like how much he's able to produce. Um, he's not a burner anymore who's going to just run over the top of defenses. Like he's still fast, like, but he's not like that fast anymore. He's he's more of a possession guy. And I think in order to thrive in that role, as you get older throughout your career, you're going to want to be facing more one on ones. Um, if Adam Thielen's getting doubled every play, like I think that there are defenses across the league that could scheme him out of a game. Well, mm-hmm. he's very rarely going to be doubled because you can't, you can't double Adam with, with, with Justin Jefferson on the other end. So yeah, I think he's ecstatic to be in an offense with Justin Jefferson. I think it helps Adam Thielen, you know, to be able to have someone like that when he has in, in the past had someone like that with Stefan Diggs. I think the fact that you have kind of that two headed monster at receiver, you know, obviously bodes well. I do think Adam Thielen is probably being a little underrated right now. Like I think people think he's washed just because he's he's hit the 30 year mark and you know which isn't old. I would like to stress that the I know, 30s I just are 30. I just spent 30. <laughs> like my back hurts because I was standing on the pavement for too long. But like uh, like he's not old, but I do think people are like, okay, he, he turned 30 like two years ago, like he's in the decline of his career. And while he's probably not getting better anymore, like he's still a really good target in the red zone. Like he's still a very, very like polished receiver as far as route running goes. Uh, I don't think he his his production is just going to drop off a cliff just because he's 32 or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I think overall, yeah, hundred percent. Like he's, he's happy to have Justin in the room with him. You know, one guy I don't think that we've really talked too much about, at least on this podcast just yet is Darius Smith. How are you liking what, what he's doing? I mean, I kind of feel like this is a make or break season for him in an essence. Right. And he's doing it with his NFC rivals now with the Minnesota Vikings. And that was kind of a big splash for the Vikings to get Zadarius Smith. What do you see out of him? Have you seen much yet? Is it still too early to really assess what he is going to be able to bring to this Viking squad? Yeah. I mean, he's a freak, like he's a freak Mm -hmm. athlete. He's wreaked havoc on the Vikings in the past. And now you pair him with like, if we're talking about Adam Thielen getting to be paired with Justin Jefferson and Justin Jefferson getting to be paired with Adam Thielen, how that make, they make each other better. Well, now Zadarius Smith already an elite pass rusher in the league gets to be paired with Daniel Hunter mm-hmm. and vice versa. Like they make each other better every day and, you know, they take pressure off of each other, you know, by nature with how good they are at rushing the passer specifically looking at Zadarius Smith. He's been very, very good in training camp as good as you can be without being able to take the quarterback down to the ground. Right. Um, but yeah, I think Christian Darisaw is having a hard time blocking him. I think Brian O'Neill is having a hard time blocking him. I mean, he's not going to play in the preseason. I would be surprised if Zedarius Smith or Daniel Hunter play in the preseason because they have suffered so many injuries over the past mm-hmm. few years. Why, why not just put him in bubble wrap until the regular season starts? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, this is a big year for Zedarius Smith because he needs to stay healthy. But if he stays healthy in this new scheme, working with, you know, opposite of Daniil, you know, I use the word opposite kind of, you know, like tongue in cheek because they're 
not just going to be edge rushers. They're not just going to be you're on that side of the formation. I'm on this side of the formation. We're both rushing upfield. Ed Donatel and his new defense is moving those guys all around. Some days you might see Zaria Smith, you know, blitzing up the A gap. And yeah. that's kind of different from a guy who's predominantly rushed off the edge throughout his career. All that being said, like, is it a make or break season for him? Yeah, I guess because he's getting up there in age. But mm-hmm. If he stays healthy, he's going to dominate this year. And I think his dominance will also transcend to Daniil's dominance as well on the other end. Mm-hmm. You mentioned injury history with Zedarius, but also Daniil Hunter, Dalvin Cook, plenty of others on the roster. Do you see any upside to the Vikings starting those guys or playing any of the upper echelon starters at all in the preseason? And then broaden that out, even in the NFL, do you value or think that anybody – should really play if they're a starter in the preseason at this point. Cause it seems like the league trend is away from that, that we're truly using preseason games as glorified scrimmages between the depth guys and practice squad guys. No, I, I would never play my stars in preseason. The only good thing, the only good thing that can happen is that they show you like, yeah, I'm still really, really good. Like what, what does, what does playing Dalvin cook for two series help? Like the best thing that can happen is he, bust off a couple long runs and you're like, okay, yeah, he's good. The worst thing that can happen is he sticks his foot in the ground. He blows his knee up. Like there's 0% <laughs> yes. chance. There's like a zero things to gain out of like the preseason. I think it's in sports. It's in life. Like for a lot of the things that we do, we just do it because we've always done it. And I think yeah. like, that's why like, for a long time, it was like starters play the first quarter in the preseason. Like the first preseason game, the starters play the first quarter. The second preseason game, the starters play the, the whole first half. And then you start to taper <laughs> away. Like we talked to Kevin O'Connell today and that's, he was saying like, that's why these joint practices are so important. And you're starting to see them pop up across the league. It's because teams are going away from playing their starters in the preseason, because mm-hmm. why would you like their exhibition games that mean absolutely nothing. And they're, every time you step on the football field, you can get hurt. You can get really hurt. So mm-hmm. why play your stars? Um, no, I, I don't see a benefit in playing Daniel Hunter, Zadarius Smith, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson. I wouldn't even play Kirk Cousins. I know like you want to see how he looks running this new offense in a game mm-hmm. setting, but like you're going to give him what one series, two series and learn maybe a little, like I'll save my guys until the regular season. I think With- that's fair. With that, though, do you almost have to take a bit of a grain of salt in week one based off of how some guys play, knowing that they may be a little bit game rusty? I know they hit plenty in practice. I know the argument to play in preseason is let these guys hit each other a little bit to knock some of the rust off. Well, they do do that in practice, but I do think it's different to go from practice or training camp speed into game speed. So as much as I want the Minnesota Vikings to beat the Packers by five touchdowns, I think whether that happens or doesn't happen, I think you kind of need to view week one, perhaps a little bit differently than you might view weeks two through, I guess, 18 at this point. Yeah, that's probably fair. Like you can't be prepared to hit unless you've been hit, but I still don't think that like these guys have been doing it a long time. Like, yeah, there's probably some rust that needs to be knocked off or if you're a rookie, but most rookies are getting that that opportunity in the preseason to play. If you're a veteran, if, if you're someone who's so established in the league that you're being rested in the preseason, you probably played in the league for a really long time. So <laughs> yeah, rust probably exists a little bit, but like, I don't even know if I would say like, 
if the Vikings lose to the Packers, like if you just talk it up to rust, like there's only 17 chances in the NFL during the regular season. So like, you can't just like go into the pre the, the regular season being like, Oh, we might be rusty in week one because like, then you're, you're Correct. racing a yep. game. So yeah, like you'll probably see some of that. I think you'll probably see it across the league. I think across the league, like play obviously gets better as the season progresses. So like, yeah, like will the Vikings look better in week eight than they did in week one? Probably. Um, same with the Packers though. So I don't think if they mm -hmm. lose or they look bad, like you can be like, well, uh, they didn't play Kirk Cousins in the preseason because I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to play in the preseason for the Packers either. So right. yeah, there's something to be said about that, but I, I wouldn't read too much into that. Um, as like an excuse, if that's what, what these guys are talking about after the opener on season September 11th. You know, you saw plenty of kind of good things in that preseason one game for the Minnesota Vikings and a lot of things that they needed to work out. Have you seen steps to improve some of those weaknesses uh, during practice? And do you think that this game against San Francisco on Saturday is going to further work out some of those things? Again, it just seemed like they were still getting used to this offense, which again, makes sense, right? It's a new scheme in general um but do you think that you've seen steps forward and that we'll see a much better showing uh mainly from backup quarterback Sean Mannion and or Kellen Mond uh come Saturday yeah I think you'll probably see them look a little sharper just because you one you have another week of practice but two like you've been going against the defense you're going to play against on Saturday mm -hmm. like throughout the week so I think like just because of that like Sean Mannion's going to probably be pretty familiar with okay, this is what this looks like. This is what this looked like on Wednesday and Thursday. Like, let me diagnose this before the play on Saturday. Yeah. Same with Kellen Mond. Like, I think that the fact that these teams have just been together for the past two days is going to help, you know, that growth as far as, you know, the improvement you want to see. But I am, I'm curious to see like what those two look like because, Sean Mannion was pretty uninspiring. I don't know if he was even that bad, except for like, other than that, sure. he was just what we know he is. Like all he did was like be boring and not like make <laughs> like the big throws, which like, it's not like necessarily a discredit to him. That's who he is as a quarterback. Like, well, what were we expecting to see in, yeah. in, in week one of the preseason from Sean Mannion, other than what we've seen throughout his career. Um, Kellen Mott was interesting to me in, in, in that Raiders game because like, he still kind of feels like a one read quarterback, maybe a two read quarterback. Can he get to his third read? I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but when the play breaks down, he has the ability to move. And that's something Sean Manny didn't have when he doesn't have that in his game. He's a statue in the pocket. If the yeah. play breaks down, it's over. Um, if the play breaks down for Kellen Mond, he can tuck it and move and run. And like a lot of times he relies on that a little too much. I don't think he hangs in enough. I don't think mm -hmm. he gets the ball out on time because he's relying on his ability to like extend the play if he has to. Um, so I'll be curious to see that kind of play out in, in, in a game this weekend. Um, throughout practice this week, Sean Mannion like has looked better than Kellen Mond. That's no different than yeah. how he's looked throughout training camp. Like everyone who, watched the game on Sunday against the Raiders was like, wow, Kellen Mond's better than Sean Mannion. Mm -hmm. But anyone who's watched practice throughout training camp yeah. is like, okay, Sean Mannion is better than Kellen Mond. At is Sean Mannion your QB two then in your eyes is Sean Mannion the QB two or is Kellen Mond have a shot? I know Kevin O'Connell has been very adamant on being like, it's still kind of up for grabs at this point. Is it still up for grabs? Or do you think 
because Mannion has had a good camp and he's just maybe not had the luck during a preseason game, do you think he is still kind of in that slot to be the top QB two? I don't know. Me and my me and my colleague Chris Thomason have a bet about this. He took Sean Mannion. I took Kellen Mond. I took <laughs> Kellen Mond simply because he did take Sean Mannion. He drafted Sean Mannion first in our bet, and I was like, I'm always down for some action. Yeah. So like, I took Kellen Mond. Just I was like, whatever. I'll just ride with him. Um, gun you to my head. Passionate I, about it, you know. That's yeah. Good. <laughs> right. Really behind like, that pick. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, I, he's, I am now part of the Kellen Mond like, train <laughs> because like I have to be like, I. but gun to my head. Who's the QB two for week one, Sean Mannion. And I only say that because like, I think regardless of how good Kellen looks in games, in these games, like he's going to be playing against twos, threes, not ones. And Sean Mannion, while he's like really uninspiring and like probably isn't going to win you the game, like if week one rolls around, like you're assuming Kirk Cousins is healthy, mm-hmm. like knock on wood, whatever. Like if he's not, like you're in huge trouble. Um, if Kirk Cousins is healthy for week one, like I think in week one, you're just going to want someone who you feel like, okay, if Kirk Cousins goes down for a few plays or, you know, a quarter, who gives us the best chance to kind of just keep our head above water? until he's hopefully ready to go back in. That's going to be mm-hmm. Sean Mannion 10 times out of 10, 100 times out of 100 because of what you've seen in practice. Like he can run the offense better. Like I know in the preseason game like it stalled out at times, but I guess if you're putting all the ones in there, Sean Mannion has played at least NFL games with the ones. Kellen Mond's never done that. I don't know if you want to throw him into that fire. Mhm if push comes to shove, if Kirk goes down in week one, like, I don't know if you want to put Kellen Mond in there against the green Bay Packers, your rivals first time running with the ones in the season opener. It just seems like a lot of pressure to put on the kid. Like yeah. that being said, like if the quarterback two, if the backup quarterbacks on the roster right now, which I'm not sure he is like, I think each day that goes by, like you're running out of time to bring someone in because mm-hmm. like they got to learn the offense. Yeah. Um, but if these two guys are both on the roster throughout the season, I think Kellen Mond will work his way into being the QB two. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if he is the QB two in week one in three weeks here. Dane, as a Vikings fan, I think anytime the place kicker trots out for an extra point or a field goal, <laughs> our heart sinks into our stomach just a little bit, no matter what time the game's at, no matter the importance of the game. The Vikings have went out of their way, both the coaching staff to tell us about how great Greg Joseph looks. It's trickled down to whoever runs Vikings Twitter telling us about how great Greg Joseph looks. I will tell you that terrifies me. I don't want to hear about how great he looks. I just want to see it in action. With that said, what is the confidence level of the Vikings brass and Greg Joseph? And should Vikings fans have that same confidence level? They're extremely confident in him. And I think it goes back to how he responded to that week two kick last year. Like, I think it was a 37 yard kick, mm-hmm. like against the Cardinals to win the game. Yep. And he just yanked it. Um, I thought his career in Minnesota was over. Like, I thought he was going <laughs> to get cut. I thought, like, the demons of kickers past were going to eat this man alive. <laughs> and they didn't. Like, he responded. And he had a pretty damn good year. And I think, he like, did. The fact that he did that 
gave them a ton of confidence going into this, this off season. They like did like a pseudo kicker competition in OTAs with this rookie. I think his name is Gabe Burkick. I'm pretty sure he's on the Packers right now and probably will revert to their practice squad if he doesn't get kicked. But like watching that kid kick in OTAs, he was not good. He stunk. So it was like, I think they were like, Greg Joseph, we're not going to let you just have this job. You're going to have to compete against somebody, but it became pretty clear in the spring. Like if out of the two kickers on the roster, Greg Joseph is eons better than Gabe yeah. Burke. I'm not even, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. I don't know if I'm ever going to have to <laughs> say his name right. because like, I don't know if he's in the, like an NFL kicker, but yeah. regardless, like that competition was won in the spring. And the fact that the Vikings didn't bring in anyone this summer, like you almost see it every year, especially in Minnesota. Like you said, Ross, like <laughs> kickers are terrible or the curse of the kicker. Like you almost want that competition here just to be like, okay, prove it. Yeah. Uh, we all remember when Spielman traded like a fourth round pick for Kari Bedvich for no reason. Uh, when you had Dan Bailey in the room, like there's like, then there's this want to like bring in competition to push your kicker. And they didn't do that this summer. And that's because they have a lot of confidence in Greg Joseph. And all he's done throughout training camp is prove that like the confidence is, is warranted. He's been great. He's been super reliable. Um, they pretty much after, at the end of every practice, just do like a field goal session for, you know, 10 minutes and, Joseph gets about like six kicks. He's kicked of- a couple outside of the 50, right? Yeah. Like- he had a 60 yard at a close practice last week. Yeah. Uh, and I think he went like five or seven yesterday, but his only two misses were with the backup punter holding. There's like a punter competition going on, but kind of not really like Jordan Barry's probably going to be the starting punter. Mm-hmm. Um, but his, like we talk about that operation of like snap, kick, hold, kick, his two misses or Greg Joseph's two misses yesterday in Wednesday's practice with Ryan Wright holding Jordan Barry's probably going to be his holder. So anytime Jordan Barry's hold held this camp, I don't think he's a hundred percent. Like I don't think Greg Joseph's made every kick he's taken, but every kick I've watched him take, he's made. Mm-hmm. So like I, that, 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 of course you should be confident in him. Now, if he misses the first kick field goal, he takes on <laughs> September 11th against the Packers. Like you're, I think everyone's going to be like, Oh, burn him at the stake yeah yeah like, but right now there's no reason not to be confident he's he's looked great I this have is to... oh go i'm ahead, sorry please. jesse no you go ahead well i mean i have to ask because again it's a continued conversation you mentioned the packers that's obviously a huge opening game on september 11th against the vikings here in minneapolis <clears throat> excuse me do you see division going through the packers because i was talking to some chicago bears fans yesterday and they actually see it going through minnesota do you think Green Bay still <coughs> holds that? Or do you think Minnesota truly has a shot to be reigning NFC division champs? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Jesse's just so goes- choked up about the I'm Vikings so choked. Right I know it just caught me like, <coughs> excuse me. I can't even say it like the Packers. <laughs> uh, <ick>. No. <laughs> um, I think it goes through Green Bay until, mm-hmm. until it, it, until it doesn't, until the, until the Vikings prove otherwise. Um, yeah, I know Devon. I, I think the Packers are going to be worse this year. I do. Yeah. Um, I don't think like when you, you just lose Devontae Adams, probably the best receiver in the league. Um, at least right now, I know Justin Jefferson wants to change that, but like with what Devontae Adams can do all over the field, if you just lose a guy like that, even if you have Aaron Rodgers, who's going to make 
guys like Alan Lazard productive this year. He's going to. He's hey, he's my cyclone. I'll cheer for Lazard though. I gotta, I gotta give him a little yeah, love. Like yeah, like Alan Lazard's gonna have the best year of his career because yeah. he is now probably Aaron Rodgers' number one target. I don't know, whatever. But like, if you lose Devontae Adams, you're gonna be worse. So I, I think the Packers are going to take maybe a small step back this year. And I think the Vikings could take a big step forward this year because if you look at all the close games they lost last year, that's kind of like a cherry pick stat. Like people are like, well, they had so many one possession games that Mm -hmm. didn't go their way. What if those did, but they also had a lot of one possession games that did go their way. So like, you can't just like be like, well, if you turn all those losses to wins, then they'd be really good. Like, of course, but (laughs) I do think that there was enough there last year that like you could say, okay, a couple things break differently. Like, the Vikings are probably not an under 500 team. They're probably in the playoffs and not much has changed from that team from last year. In fact, I would argue they're improved with Mm -hmm. Daniel Hunter coming back with the addition of Zedarius Smith. Um, I I don't think you can win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. That's like a conversation for another time. (laughs) We don't have enough time on one podcast. That's like a, the Kirk Cousins lovers are furious about it, but you know, just saying they're not winning a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. That's true. Sure. But I do think like the Vikings do have an opportunity to win the North this year. Wouldn't stun me if they did. Um, But I think like if if you're betting money on it, you should bet on the Packers because they are like until the Vikings prove otherwise, like still the class of the North. Like maybe that changes. Maybe we're talking in December and I have egg on my face because the Vikings are headed (laughs) in the NFC North race by like three games. But I don't think that's going to happen. Dan, I have one really nerdy question for you, and it goes back to the kicking situation that you were talking about. How much of winning that punting job in that competition goes back to how well you hold the football for the kicking continuity for the place kicker? I actually think that's heavily important. It's not just how well can you do getting rid of the ball and the hang time and your net punting. I think just as much of it is can you get the hold down and is the place kicker comfortable with you? Laces out, Dan. Laces out, Dan. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no. That's my yeah, football expertise I, I, on that. <laughs> I think that's uh yeah, that's a thing that I don't think a lot of people think about when they think of the punter. Like there's a reason that the holder is always the punter. Like I think I'm I'm trying to remember like when I used to play like Madden like 2001, it was always like the backup quarterback was the holder. But yeah. like it's changed in recent years because it's such a delicate operation. And it sounds so silly because like it's just kicking the ball, but it's there's so much to it. Like it's mm-hmm. like you gotta be like perfect with your timing. Cause if if you're off by a couple milliseconds, like Greg Joseph's entire operation's thrown off. So that being said, like it's always the punter because those three guys, long snapper, punter, kicker, are together at all times. Like when the backup quarterback is getting his reps, those three specialists are just off to the side doing whatever, talking, snapping, holding, whatever. So I do think, yeah, there's something to that as the punting competition kind of goes on. I think it's over. I think Jordan Berry won the competition. Um, mm-hmm. I think Ryan Wright will probably get cut next week. Um, but yeah, if Jordan Berry is a better holder than Ryan Wright, that gives him another you know, leg up on the competition. We saw this three or four years ago with Matt Weil was the punter at the time and he couldn't hold. He like sucked at holding. He was a pretty good (laughs) punter, but he was a terrible holder. And it sounds crazy to be like, how could you be so bad at holding? But he was so bad at holding that like Thielen was taking reps as holder because they were trying to figure out like, how do we make 
our kicker comfortable when our punter is so bad at holding and it became like a storyline of camp. So yeah, no Ross, it's a nerdy question, but like, it's true. Like I think the luxury this year is like both Jordan Barry and Ryan Wright are not bad at holding. So it probably will just come down to who's the better punter. But if you have a really good punter who sucks at holding, like that's going to take a hit on their ability to make the team. I want to point out and give you props. You use, you use the term leg up while talking about a punting competition. <laughs> so very, very well done, Dane. Great stuff. Yeah. Uh, kind of final question that I have for you, Dane. Again, Dane Mizutani with the Pioneer Press covers the Vikings. Also the Minnesota Wild where we have a, a good friendship there. Um, you know, the Vikings obviously did not address the absolute need for a center position. Um, you know, do you think that's really going to hurt them heading into this year? Uh, or do you think they're going to be able to get by considering the other offensive weapons that they have, or is it going to uh, be as noticeable as it's been in years past? I think if one thing could throw the whole season off, it's their offensive line. And I think if one part of their offensive line could throw the whole offensive line off, it's Garrett Bradbury. Mm -hmm. Like he's gotten better over the course of his career, kind of, but like he still gets mauled by these, these big nose tackles. Like you've seen it, whether it's Kenny Clark, Akeem Hicks, like he just doesn't have that anchor in him that he can hold up against these blocks, you know, that he can hold his block when these, these, these large human beings are in his face. Mm -hmm. And he struggled throughout training camp at times, like Harrison Phillips, they're, they're like, it's kind of unfair, like to just cherry pick like one rep from training camp because like, that was one that just every... plays over and over. But in there, my was, head. there was a rep that Harrison, yeah, ba ba basically bench pressed like him <laughs> out of the play, and that's like the thing that comes to mind to like kind of play devil's advocate for for Garrett Bradbury. We don't notice like the plays where he like does hold his block well. Like we don't write about that because it doesn't look as it's not as sexy not like as, sexy, as Harrison yeah. Phillip just like knocking him over but yeah i think that there are there have been things throughout training camp that prove the vikings are worried about this and it yeah i think they probably should have addressed it they didn't um i think it's almost too late to address at this point mm -hmm. um i think if they were going to do it they would have brought a center in already um, but they've done things like try chris reed out at center he's out with an elbow injury so his chances of being the starting center are basically like zero at this point because yeah. he hasn't played center much throughout his career and he hasn't gotten a lot of reps with Kirk Cousins in mm -hmm. camp because he's been hurt for the past few weeks or past couple of weeks so I think Gary Bradbury is going to be your starting center like I don't think anyone's beating him out because mm -hmm. like Chris Reed they, they thought about it Austin Schlotman played a lot of center in in the in the preseason game against the Raiders he looked pretty good but he looked good against twos like, yeah, I would assume Bradbury would look good against twos and threes. Maybe not. Um, maybe you'll see like Austin Slotman get like a legitimate look, but, but that would kind of surprise me. Like, I think right now it's still Garrett Bradbury's job for better, or for worse. Um, and they're kind of just going to go with it and hope it works, which I don't think is ever like a great way of like running a team is being like, <laughs> well, I hope he's better than he was last. Throw it at the wall. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe. But but like right now that seems to be what they're doing. Um, I thought it was pretty telling though, like early in camp, like Kevin O'Connell said, like, now nah, it's a competition. And like there is a center competition. And if they really believed in Garrett Bradbury, kind of going back to our conversation about Greg Joseph, they really believed in Greg Joseph. So they didn't bring a comp. There was no competition. Mm -hmm. Well, the fact that your head coach is coming out and saying like, yeah, Garrett Bradbury is not necessarily our starting center speaks volumes to how they feel about it. 
Um, we'll see how it works out. But yeah, like I said, if one thing worries me about this team this year, it's the offensive line and kind of digging deeper into the offensive line. If one player worries me on that unit, it's Garrett Bradbury. Ugh, we hate to hear it, but it's true. I think everybody's kind of at that same level again. Dane Mizutani. Dane, where can people follow you and find all of your fantastic work? Well, um, Jesse said it. I write for the Pioneer Press, cover the Vikings, wild, a little bit of everything else. Um, you can follow me. I think you could see my Twitter handle on the screen, yeah, it's, it's at Dane Mizutani. And me and my guy, Jace Frederick started a podcast of our own recently. Woo-woo. So Woo-woo. go ahead and listen to that if you want. Inside Purple and Gold. Will you, be you get your pouring, will you be pouring a beer on your head if you lose bets? Because that's my favorite shtick between you uh, and Chase. Maybe we should bring that back. We'll, bring it we'll back. think about it. <laughs> bring that it back. A, bring it back for the people. Yeah, That's that's beer abuse. Instead of pouring it over your head, just set it aside and I'll grab it from you. Oh, it's. I mean, he wasn't getting any sponsors. <laughs> Weren't you choosing like terrible beer to do it with anyway? Yeah, there was a there was a clip early in the in, in our our old podcast which no longer exists, and I was like, I don't like this beer. And Jace is like, Stop saying you don't like beer on camera. Like, you're, you're comp- what if they want to sponsor us? I was like, They don't. Like, they four, do. fifty people would listen to this show, Jace. They're not going to sponsor. Us. Oh, wow. I mean, what it was the level of disrespect to pour a beer over your head and losing was just. It was beautiful. I loved it. So bring it back. Dane, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for all of your Vikings insight. Thank you for helping mentor me throughout the season. I'll have plenty of questions for you, uh, you know, before hockey season starts, but we'll be sure to have you back. Sounds good. Anytime, guys. All right. Thanks, Dane. Ah, what a guy. Big T-Swift fan, too. I forgot to bring that up with him. He's a huge T-Swift guy. So I love Dane. That was good stuff. I, yeah. I, I'll, it's going to be tough to get the image of him pouring a beer, Stone Cold Steve Austin, oh, Austining so a few beers Again, over his head. Just, just disrespectful to yourself. It was. It, I loved it. I absolutely thought it was hilarious. I would crack up laughing. And he's just, he's got such a personality for it too. So, Dane's awesome. Again, follow him and his work at the Pioneer Press. I'm a big Pioneer Press fan because Northeast suburbs. That's kind of my shtick. But uh, good people always out there working hard that's gonna do it for this week's episode i think ross we we managed to get through without four so maybe we don't need him back i don't know do you want to do it before we die we should probably do it before we die that's like our thing you know before we die i'm gonna mix in one comment from youtube okay yes this is from matt lucked and i love this okay yeah deck land is a better producer than (laughs) ross and it's not even close Bring Deckland back. <laughs> well, I can't bring Deckland back, but I can bring Declan back. He'll yeah. be with you the next few Thursdays of Before We Die. And before we die, Matt will at least think I am adequate at this job. I think that's fair. I think that's Matt. Why you got to be like that? You know, what? just just a hater. Deckland is awesome. Although I heard Declan turned into a girl, which I assume is me. And yes. You're, yeah. Uh, you're Mike Mackie. Peterson. Yeah. Mike Peterson says Declan turned into a girl. Matt got bigger, <laughs> which I'm assuming is me. Mm-hmm. And Judd got younger, which yeah. I'm assuming is Thor. Sounds about right. I'll take that as a compliment, right? Yeah. Right, let's go. Let's go. I'll, you guys are watching us. So we love it. I'll take that too. You can throw shade at me. I'm a big boy. I can handle it. <laughs> Jesse, what do you, what do you got? I got before we die. I am going to purchase a Vikings Jersey. I have never purchased oh. a Vikings Jersey in my entire life. Um, I do have a hand-me-down cheap old Randy Moss jersey from my dad. 
Um, actually, my dad has a number of just hilarious jerseys too. Like I can't even, I have to dig them out one of these days. Um, but I am going to purchase my own Vikings jersey. I got a lot of heat. I went to training camp, as I'd mentioned yesterday, and I didn't wear any Viking stuff because I also partly because I just, I don't, I just try not to like rube out too hard felt very misplaced. Like I felt very out of the <laughs> loop and everybody kept saying like, you should go buy a Jersey. I'm like, you know what, before we die, I will buy a Jersey. So that's one that I can easily uh, acquire and, and live up to. I think. How many faded numbers tearing off letters, tearing off so Randy many Moss jerseys exist in the state of Minnesota. So many, right? Like, Oh, and it's <laughs> the one I have is just tattered. It's wrinkled all the time. Like there's no getting it unwrinkled because it's just always <laughs> tossed somewhere um but you love it right like it's still it's it's he was here it's a good reminder again i watch highlights of randy moss after a couple adult bevies once in a while because it just makes me so happy <laughs> i'm just in a good space uh you know that'll never die so again this is before we die i'm jesse pierce this is ross brundle normally thor nystrom joins us he is out ill today but we will have a brand new episode ideally with Mr. Thorback. Maybe not though. Again, we handled it just fine without him. So we'll see what happens. A plus effort, Jesse. A plus. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Minnesota Vikings hosting the San Francisco 49ers Saturday game time. Uh, and we will have all of that action recap for you in Monday's episode. Again, be sure to follow purple daily score North, all of this great content and uh, let us know what you're thinking. You guys are awesome. Have a great day. Bye.